Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Ending a marriage comes with many losses. It's why we grieve, even if we're the one making the decision. Every mental health professional will tell you it's critical to recognize and grieve those losses. One of those losses is the family traditions, how you've celebrated each holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Valentine's Day, first day of school. And in grieving the loss of those traditions, it's also important to create new ones. It's important for your own emotional well-being and for your children, regardless of their ages. And that's no small feat, especially when what you might most be feeling like doing, especially during that first year, is ignoring the day altogether. So what should you do? Joining us today is Mickey Gardner. Mickey is a life and parenting coach. She works with women to help them overcome the past conflict and frustration of divorce and to become confident co-parents and amazing examples to their children. Welcome, Mickey. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you could join us for this really important conversation. Absolutely. Sort of big picture, my first question to you is, how important are these traditions that we have around special occasions? Mm. So everybody's different, right? Yeah. And I always say that sort of that first year after divorce it's the year first, yes. right? There's all the first time for everything. And I remember back to my own year first and for my clients that I walk through the journey with them, it's really tough. There's like you said at the top of this, there's a grieving that we all have to go through. You know, divorce is a loss. It is the death of something that you loved, a dream that you had of what you thought your life was going to look like. And whether it was your choice or not, it is a grieving process. And so I think that year of first is really all about sort of grieving. I think what makes divorce kind of doubly challenging is that the other person is still living, breathing, and making new traditions with your children. And this can be sort of a really a point of frustration and a hard thing to to go through. And so I think traditions are important, but it's almost stepping back from after you've sort of allowed yourself some space to grieve, we can start to build new traditions that work for you. But I think my first advice is always throw out the word should. We have to stop shooting on ourselves. 
right? <laughs> uh, it should be this way. Christmas should look that way. Hanukkah should look this way. Everyone should be together. The kids should have the, all of that just builds more and more frustration, right? And we end up under a giant pile of shoulds not being able to function. And so I think taking the pressure off from what the holidays should look like and more setting yourself up for success so that you can kind of in time build new traditions, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a great sense. I'm just listening to you and hearing what you're saying is it's okay to let those new traditions evolve. Evolve. You don't, you, you don't have to sort of sit down as soon as the divorce is over and say, okay, this is how we're going to celebrate this and think about all the way, you know, things that you're going to change. You can just say this year, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And next year might be completely different. Yes. Yes. It's, um, I always tell clients to put on their scientist hat, right? We're not looking to have the answer right away, but it's more experimenting, putting things together, seeing what works, what doesn't work. I know I remember my first Thanksgiving on my own and ours looks different than other people, but we've always shared the day. And I thought, well, that would feel really good to me. That'll be nice because I still get to have my son part of the time rushing through the meal so that I could run him over to his dad's house so that he could have a second turkey dinner, you know, with that side of the family. It didn't feel good for me. And then I ended up sitting home alone and it felt awful. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes, even thinking about that day. And I realized this isn't going to work for me. I have to figure out something different. We still have that same schedule now, but I know that that second part of the day for me, if that's what I have, you know, if I have them the first part, I need to do things for myself in the second part that's healing, that feels good because my son actually likes it, right? So I can sort of, okay, I can put his needs ahead, but then I also have to support myself. And I think that's a really important thing that I help clients start to understand is we have to go through those experiences where it doesn't work so that we can start to figure out what does work. What are the things that I need to do to support myself? Am I willing to support myself in that way? Am I willing to sort of maybe go outside the box or what people think I should be doing and really focus on what feels good for me and what feels true? Right. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe that starts with even what holidays are important to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like, you know, you can tell I'm an immigrant to this country. So, and my ex was an American. So Mm -hmm. our holidays are, are different. And, sure, And I think that when you do go through a divorce, it's important to s- sort of sit down and first of all, say what's important to you mm-hmm. and balance that against what is important to your children as well. Right. You can't just discount what's important to your children, but right. maybe like for me, Halloween, that was something I never, ever celebrated. <laughs> But my, fortunately, their dad loved going trick-or-treating with them. And so that worked for us because he would Mm -hmm. just take them trick-or-treating and then they would come back to me and it just worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I agree with you. It's, um, you know, I think with co-parenting or parenting or divorce, really as much as you can keep it child-centered, first and foremost, right? What is the, what is best for the children? 
And just that example, sometimes it's not, you know, sort of what is best for them and sort of their well-being and overall, but it's just what would they prefer? What would feel good for them? And I think being willing to, yes, we get the parenting plans. Yes, we have all those things. But the more that you can make a collaborative relationship with your ex and your children, the more that you can start to create these traditions and let them evolve into what works for everyone, right? For the age and stage that they're in. Because when they're four and five, right, it's going to look different than when they're, you know, 15 and 16. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my son's 12 now. And, I, you know, we were talking about Halloween. I'm like, do you want a trick or treat? Do you, right? What do you want to do? Yes. Heck, mom. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to that neighborhood that gives out full size candy bars. Yes. yes. Yeah. But I think really that idea of letting things evolve that you brought up, it's, I always um, sort of you, and I'm doing it now, but they can't see it. The analogy of when we're holding on tightly, you know, we're sort of gripping this idea of what things should look like or traditions. Whenever we have that tension, I can feel it in my back. Just when I clench my arms, I start to feel tight everywhere. I always like to take a breath and open my hands because it's really letting sort of letting yourself evolve, letting yourself figure out what's needed, right? In this moment, not forever, right? It's just right. in this moment, maybe just this year, what feels nurturing, what feels supportive for this holiday season. And you can let it just be for right now. And then again, you learn from that. And you can start to create traditions in the future or change things. But I think it's really important to just allow it to be what it is today and not make it mean that this is forever. Excellent, excellent point. Talking to your children, mm -hmm. can we talk about like how to do that or how do you approach that? I mean, I'm used to like the children don't make decisions, but they have input. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes them feel, you know, they have a voice and they're being heard. Mm -hmm. So how does that apply? And it's, and it's very touchy around parenting time, but I'm thinking maybe with holidays, it, it's very different because a lot of them are um, child-centered. Yes. So, you know, I'm a conscious parenting coach. So I definitely come from the angle of collaborative relationship. Every relationship that we're in is being co-created, right? I know in parenting, a lot of times we have this illusion that it's, you know, the parent's decision and what they say goes and, right, sort of that traditional model of parenting. But really, whenever you have two humans interacting, it is collaborative. It is being co-created. Right. And I think that applies to, to, to children, too. And I think the most important thing, because each situation is unique and sometimes the children are locked into a plan or on the holidays that maybe they wish were different, right? Maybe you wish it was different. And I think the more that you can open up for conversation, the more you can teach your children, you know, we can talk about what you like and what you don't like, how you're feeling about something. It's not that we have to change it. It's not that we have to solve it. It's not even that it's a problem, but just letting your kids have a voice to say, you know, this is what I would prefer. And if you are able to make that happen and you want to make that happen, great. 
but even just letting them say, I really wish it were different. And you as the mom holding space and saying, I know. And that might be a really good tactic if your children are expressing something about the way that their mm-hmm. other parent mm-hmm. is observing the holidays. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can even try coaching them and saying, well, how do you think you could talk to yeah. your mom or your dad yeah. about this? Yeah. I think one of the things that children of divorce, it's a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing yeah. in that, well, it's a curse in that, you know, they have, they're like, someone said it to me recently. They're like little world travelers. They travel. They're professional travelers now because they go back and forth, back and forth, right? So their lives just innately have more transition points, more change, more things to navigate, right? It's just part of the process. Also, when we're helping them through that process, not resisting it, we're also teaching them to be really independent, how to advocate for themselves, right? How to navigate different situations, how to be more self-sufficient. These are amazing skills that they will need in adulthood. But understanding now sort of how to support them, again, we can't change necessarily what's going on, a certain outcome, a certain situation, but we do get to, we are in control of how we experience it. And I think that's a really important thing to help children learn, right? They might not be able to change the situation, but how they experience it is within their control. And the more that we can open up to that and help them, the more empowered our children are. Right. So this would be a good way of giving them more voice. Mm-hmm in the situation. Yeah. And I can hear the mom saying, okay, but if you give them a voice, right, then it's going to, there's going to be arguments, there's going to be conflict and they're not going to get their way. Yes. Right. But what you're really doing, you're not trying to again, fix, or even that there's a problem. It's just saying you have an opinion, you have a feeling and that's valid. We can feel those feelings without then throwing it onto other people or having to change it, right? We can just experience, I'm feeling sad. Yeah. I'm feeling mad, right? I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Being able to give language to that is such an important gift for our kids. And we can only do it when we know how to do it for ourselves. Right. Wow. More learning. More Um, learning. (laughs) It just never stops. We're going to take a short break here, Mickey. Listeners, my guest today is Mickey Garner. Mickey is a life and parenting coach. She works with women to help them move past the conflict and frustration of divorce and to become confident co-parents and amazing examples to the children. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back and do stay tuned for more do's and don'ts on creating traditions after divorce. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. 
And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker, and in this episode, we're talking about recreating traditions after divorce. My guest today is Mickey Garner. Mickey is a life and parenting coach. She works with women to help them overcome the past and the conflict associated with divorce and to become confident co-parents. Mickey, we were talking before the break about giving your children a voice and I just wanted to share like when my kids were a little bit older and I think actually it was you know when they were outside the parenting plan but so you know we just had a blank sheet of paper about how we were going to spend Thanksgiving and Mm -hmm. sorting that out with them and actually saying okay well if you you know maybe we'll alternate Thanksgiving we did ultimately end up sharing Thanksgiving but on this particular time it was like my son was going to his dad's on Thanksgiving and then coming to me on Friday. And he actually said, and mom, I do not want a big dinner on Friday. (laughs) And I love to cook. And that's part of my whole upbringing and traditions Mm -hmm. about family and anchor points and celebrations is having this fabulous meal. But it's like, he was very, very clear that he did not want to have two turkey dinners Mm -hmm. on back-to-back days. It's like, okay, we can do something different. Yeah, I love that. And I was just thinking during the break too, one of the, you know, we get so attached that it has to be on this day at this time, you know, and it has to look this way, right? Again, those traditions. Really, when we can open up and sort of loosen the grip on that and say, well, maybe it's not, you know, if you love cooking and you love that big, sort of family, friend, get together of Thanksgiving, you could have it on the weekend. You could have it with other people involved, right? And that could be a new tradition that you do because you love it and maybe the kids love it. It's like, you know, Christmas morning, really hard time for divorced parents and divorced kids. You know, and sometimes there's travel going on, there's other things. And I always believe that Santa comes wherever you are, right? Wherever the child is, the magic is there. And so Santa can find you anywhere in the world, right? And he can also find you on another day. And so if if that's a big thing in your family and that's important to you to celebrate that morning, but you don't have it, you get to have Santa whenever you want it. You get to create that morning with all of that sort of magic and experience. It's not specific to the 25th of December. Right. It's specific to what's important to you and what you make it mean. And I think, again, loosening the grip, you know, sort of opening up to what works for your kids, what works for you, and just being willing to kind of play with it again, and not this idea that we have to know what it's going to look like forever, right? We can sort of learn and evolve into it. And as a conscious parenting coach, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that you might encourage your clients to have a conversation with the other parent to say, this is how I'm presenting, especially Santa Claus Mm -hmm. this year. 
sure to our younger children and try and make sure ideally you both want to be on the same page ideally yes yes you know conscious parenting is really what it means is that you are conscious you're aware right what that means to me is that we are responding to what is true versus reacting you know we know we're in reaction when we feel like we're living in a pinball machine going from thing to thing to thing to thing And really when we're able to create presence and grounding in our own life so that we can be aware of what's going on, that's when we are able to parent and co-parent in a different way. You know, I always tell my clients that you can co-parent, you can be the most amazing, calm, loving, confident co-parent without your ex's participation. We don't need their approval. We don't need their participation. We don't need their permission slip. It's all about how you're coming at it. And who do you want to be as a parent post-divorce? And yes, hopefully collaborative is always the best method when both parents are on the same page and keeping it child-focused. But there are situations we all know, and I certainly know from my clients every day, there are some that are not. Right. But that does not mean that you can't still parent in a really healthy, confident way. It's just you have to be a little more creative. So, that, so let me ask you this about including your spouse on those mm-hmm. occasions. And mm-hmm. that's something that I did get to. And like, I will say, like, I've been divorced for like 14 years now. So mm-hmm. we do have Christmas Day, Christmas meals, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. My, my um, ex comes over and the kids are here. But I'm wondering, you know, at the very beginning of divorce, I mean, that, that, that could be really hard for you to do emotionally. Yep. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are too, whether with young children that feeds into that fantasy that they have that mom and dad are going to reconcile because, oh, look, they're having, they're here for this dinner and they're laughing and they're smiling at each other. Mm-hmm. This is like we were. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm sort of thinking about how to answer this. Um <laughs> The divorce and the co-parenting that isn't really sort of steeped in conflict is great on many, many levels. It can also be very confusing for children, as you just pointed out. I cannot tell you the times that my son has asked, I don't understand why you're divorced. You guys get along so well. And for that, my question resonates with you. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, One thing I'm very, I'm always, I have been, and probably maybe to a fault will always be extremely protective of my son. And I think adult problems are adult problems. What happened between his father and I is very much between his dad and I. And that doesn't mean that I can't be honest and loving, but I keep it very child age and stage appropriate. Right. So when my son was very young, I said, I see how that could be really confusing. But, you know, your dad and I are better parents for you, not in the same house. And that is the only thing that matters to us. And that messaging, I think, is what's important because, and he and I both, you know, I I say this to my ex all the time, you know, I tell him what I say, and I hope that the messaging is the same right on on that end but i also had to learn that i don't get to control that part of it right. i only get to control my part and so i think as much as you can keep it focused on the child and you know again that first couple of years 
it takes the average, you know, mom or dad about a year to to two years to sort of come down from the divorce, right? It's marriages don't end because of positive reasons usually, right? So there's a lot going on and it takes us a while to come down, to regulate, to do the work, to heal, to grieve, all of that. At that point, once the parent has leveled out, the child then has the opportunities to start his, his or her process, right? So they're about a year behind. And so it's always just really important. I think when we can come to it as there are times when we are not as capable to be really strong and conscious and aware and doing all the most wonderful things. And in those times, have a lot of grace for yourself, have a lot of forgiveness that you are a human going through really difficult things and you're doing the best you can. Right. And when you know better, you do better as the great Maya Angelou said. So I think, you know, having these kind of conversations and getting the support that you need to be able to come back to center as quickly as possible for your children, that's all you can do. Absolutely. And I think, and I'm going to piggyback on that and Mm -hmm. say, I think there's a lot of, there can be a lot of pressure to, to do this cooperatively or amicably Mm -hmm, and and mm -hmm. have your soon to be ex or your ex over and have a joint meal together but I would say you know if that's just going to be too painful for you don't Don't do it it. just and it goes back to what you were saying earlier about making sure that you're doing what works for you not what you should be doing or what yeah yeah. You know, and it might never come to a point where you guys can all be in the same room. And it there are those, situ- right. There are those situations. And I think that you can, you can feel that you can feel that disappointment. You can feel that sadness, that anger, whatever it is, and make the decision. I'm going to continue to move forward as best I can right. with what's available today. Right. So kind of piggybacking of that conversation about involving your former spouse, what about in-laws? What if they invite mm. you over, but things are still too painful? Or what if you want to invite them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think of one of my clients, I was thinking about her as, as we were talking. And you know, this was one of those situations. There was infidelity. The ex-husband was very much the villain his parents took her side, right? Was always at her house with the kids, right? Because he was very much the bad one. And it was a double-edged sword for her. And it came to a point in her healing when she had to say, this doesn't feel good for me anymore. It feels like I'm a pawn. It feels like I'm part of a game. And that doesn't feel good. And not but, but and, I want you to be part of these kids' lives. That's important to all of us. So I need to speak my truth here. And it caused some some waves, right? It caused some friction and things, but it opened up a conversation so that they could all be a little bit sort of walking or stop walking around the pink elephant in the room and start actually opening up and them saying, you know, it's really hard for us because we don't feel like we can go over here, right? All of those things in it. So I'm, I'm a proponent for speaking up and speaking your truth, but from a place of really processing it first, 
right? Not offloading, not blaming, not saying, you know, all of those things. It's not a reaction, right? Or trying to dump all of your feelings onto someone else, but it's really owning what's true for you. And then being willing to disappoint other people, being willing to challenge the sort of shoulds, the box that you're in, and really decide what is true for me, what's important for my kids, what's important for me, what feels good. And if it's wrought with stress and negativity and toxicity, it's probably not a good idea. Right. And And so I think owning that. Right. And when you own it, I think that, you know, how you present that to the other people, language plays a huge part in that. Like you said, not, not blaming or Mm -hmm. not accusing, but it's, it's language and how you're going to talk about it. And that's where it's helpful to work with somebody like yourself and saying, this is the situation, help coach me through how I might handle it. Because yeah. I don't, I think most of us have to learn those skills. We're not, they don't come naturally. No, no we absolutely, if, if we were all taught how to manage <laughs> our emotions and how to take care of the brain that we were given when we were children, the world would not look the way it does today. <laughs> and I think that's really the job of moms today is to do the work for ourselves, to learn how to manage our thoughts, to learn how to manage our emotions to learn how to really step into our power because then we are an example and we are modeling that to our children. Right. And And then we're giving our children a better start. Yes. Because they see it, right? Kids don't listen to what is said. It's like they, they listen to what you do, how you act. And that's the most important thing. And so that's why sort of the idea of, you know, quote unquote, conscious parenting is really just being very aware of what is going on for me and how am I reacting to the world? How am I reacting to children? How am I reacting in relationship, right? Am I sort of being honest and truthful with myself or am I people pleasing? Am I blaming? I think one of the greatest things that I help my clients with is, you know, we don't complain, but we don't have to explain. Okay. So, you know, we can say to somebody, you know what, this relationship as it stands has been really beneficial. Maybe the in-laws, right? I've really loved the traditions, but right now where we are, it's just simply too hard or yeah. it's hard for me to process this. And I love you, but we can't come over today. Right. Right. The greatest five words for your children. I love you. And no. <laughs> Thank you, Mickey. You're Those welcome. are a really great five words. It, they're the best five words ever. Yes. Right? When they're true for you, when they're true, when you're right. owning it. Yep. Awesome. Mickey, we are out of time. I wondered if you could share your website with our listeners. Oh, thank you for asking. Yeah, it's just my name, Mickey Gardner. It's M as in Mary, I-K-K-I, gardner.com. I'm over on Instagram. I love being on Instagram and connecting with people there or on my podcast. Excellent. We will make sure that we put all of that information in the show notes so listeners can connect with you. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Mickey. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me and for all you're doing to support and educate moms and parents. And thank you, you know, to Worthy for offering such a beautiful, beautiful message in the world. 
Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, Our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcastworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>